Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh, so much for the many blessings you've already poured upon us this day. And now, once again, the opportunity you give us to get back into your word. Help us to know that we can always dig deep into there to find the message you want us to receive. Help us to apply it in the right way. Be with us now as we continue our studies. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word heaven, we'll turn to Genesis in chapter 11. And here we see the event of the Tower of Babel and the spreading around of the nations of the peoples. And in Genesis chapter 11, it picks up, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. One little side note here, this slime is a very interesting history, because you had heard earlier accounts that they would use pitch. And pitch was derived from the sap of trees, but slime is actually the tar, the areas that were left over from the reactions of the great flood. And this tar was very thick and sticky, like tar is, and was able to be used as the mortar. So if you found a tar pit in the area, you could gather that tar up and use it as mortar. As it continues, And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord wanted them to be scattered. He wanted them to spread around the whole earth, not to just be focused in and live in one area, to spread on out, the big earth, to go on out. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off the, to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Now they wanted to build this tower so they could reach up to heaven, as it said there in verse 4. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. It was understood that this was an area that was built and developed by Nimrod, as you see over in Genesis chapter 10 in verse 8. And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore, it is said, even as Nimrod the mighty hunter before the Lord. 
and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. So Nimrod was the one that was a leader in this area at the time that this event of wanting to build this tower to heaven, and it's said that he must have been an arrogant fellow wanting to reach all the way up and be at the point of dwelling with the Lord as another ruler, and that because they had come together and wanted to do such a thing, the Lord scattered them abroad and gave them different languages. So that's where we have our roots of our languages go all the way back to the Tower of Babel. And wanted to reach up into heaven. And next we can see in Genesis 19 that the arrogance, the sinful nature, the pride of mankind had gotten so bad that the Lord needed to judge these cities in the area of Sodom and Gomorrah. They had become so ungodly in their sinful behaviors, their lustful desires, their homosexuality and other sexual immorality and other sins that the Lord said, we just got to do something about this. As it read back over there in Genesis chapter 18, verse 21, the Lord saying, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it which has come unto me, and if not, I will know. This cry was the cry of sin that was so grievous, as he said there in verse 20, and the Lord said, because... The city of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, become so sinful, the judgment had to fall upon them. Now we know that the entire earth had gotten so sinful that the Lord judged the entire planet by a worldwide flood. And now he's being a little more pinpoint, a little more surgical. This particular area of Sodom and Gomorrah had become so grievously sinful that the Lord said another time of cleansing. We need to take this area out to judge them all. So let's see this account in chapter 19 where the Lord sends some angels to go to Lot who had settled in Sodom and Gomorrah to bring him out of there because of a promise that he had made to Abraham as we see here in Genesis chapter 19. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways." So he didn't even want them hanging around. He said, we'll give you a meal. You come on in where it's safe. And then you go on out of here early. And they said, nay, but we will abide in the street all night. They were going to watch things and see what kind of behavior was going on. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. 
But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot, and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to, see, to thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. This term, to may know them, is speaking of having a relation, a sexual relation with these men. These were homosexuals outside wanting to basically rape these two guys that come by to warn Lot and to take Lot and his family away from there before the whole area was being destroyed. As it continues, And Lot went out at the door unto them, and shut the door after him, and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters, which have not known men. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. I did very good testimony of Lot there wanting to basically sacrifice his two daughters to these to these brutes outside that wanted to rape the two men. And they said, Stand back and they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them. So now they're even threatening Lot. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hands. Now these men are the two that came to get Lot and his family out of there. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place. Giving him a warning, giving him some time, telling him, Gather your family, we all going out of here. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. So his sons-in-law didn't believe it. They weren't going anywhere. They liked living there and all that sin. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. So now we're down to only Lot, his wife, and his two daughters that were there in a the home that Lot wanted to give to those brutes outside. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. So, 
They ran out of time. It's like, forget it, we're going to just take you out of here. So grabbed them by the hands, and they were set right without the city. This transported them right out to where it was safe. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me, and saved in my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Behold, now this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou be come thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zorah. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zorah. Then the Lord reigned upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And there's where we see the attachment of this entire account to our study on the word heaven. So from the heaven, from the sky, from the atmosphere, from the sky come pouring down this brimstone and fire. Now you can go over into that region, even today, and find chunks of this brimstone lying about in the region that they think is the very point where this city, Sodom and Gomorrah, once was located. And this brimstone is in chunks, and you can pick them up, kind of like from a tennis ball, even a little bit bigger. Many of them are even smaller, and you can smell them. They stink because they're filled with sulfur-like and you can actually put them on a fire, and they'll burn like a piece of coal. They put off a stench because of the sulfur content, but they can be ignited and actually burn. Some of the nomads over there and the shepherds and so forth that's still in that area, if you camp out somewhere, you build you a fire, you can gather this stuff up and throw on the fire. Of course, it stinks, but at least you're getting some warmth off of it. So that is all still there today. And that rained down from heaven. Now, where did it come from? Of course, the Lord spoke everything into existence in the six literal days of creation. So it's suspected that this was as a result of some eruption of a volcano in the area. We don't know this for sure. Or if the Lord just gathered these materials together and, and cast them down. We know that it was a, an act of the Lord to judge this city for their sinful behavior. And it rained down from heaven. Let's read 24 again. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that were, and that which grew upon the ground. So he, he toasted everything, burned everything, killed everybody in that area. Judgment come upon them for their sinful behavior. But note what happened to his wife. Now, they had already been told to not look back over in verse 17. 
where it says, And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Look not behind thee. Now this can be interpreted as a literal, to turn around and look at, or to desire to go back to. And we see here in verse 26, But his wife, this is the wife of Lot, looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Turning back, desiring to be in that city, while it was being destroyed, seeing all this, she was looking back like, oh, I want to be there. That's how this is understood, that that's what she, as she looked back, she's like, I want that, not this. I want to be back there. Please let me go back into that sinful life. That's possibly what she did, or it may have been that she just turned around and looked back. He told him not to turn around and look back. She turned back. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. A pillar of salt. That's interesting, because if you look at some of the results of a nuclear blast, there are... People that have been consumed in a nuclear explosion to total annihilation and others that were turned into what would look like and be like what Lot's wife became, a pillar. It's almost like a statue. It's a person who is is just toasted, basically burnt, but there's still some form there that may have been the result here that she actually went back close enough to get consumed in the fallout of this fire and brimstone. So we see here that the Lord uses His creation, the entire existence of all the materials. He can manipulate it and use it any way He chooses. And here He rained down fire and brimstone right from the skies, right on down to that area of Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities and judge that whole area. All right, now if you will, turn to Genesis chapter 28. We see here an interesting vision that was given to Jacob in Genesis chapter 28. Pick it up in verse 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed." And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south, and to the, and in thee, 
and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This vision that was given to Jacob to actually see this ladder, a ladder, a physical ladder that he could see reaching from the ground all the way up into heaven and seeing up into heaven, up as it says, and the Lord right there at the head of that ladder. As it said there in verse 13, And behold, the Lord stood above it. The Lord stood above this ladder, and where you could see the angels of God ascending and descending on that ladder. An image given to him, a vision given to him. Was he possibly able to look into the celestial world, the other dimension, you might say? But as it continues in verse 15, And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. So, that promise, that covenant made to Abraham and his children, and now being reemphasized to Jacob, how he would be blessed, and how he would be given that region there, and also how all the families of the earth would be blessed, because he's speaking of the bloodline that you can trace of Jesus Christ through Mary all the way back to Jacob here, of course all the way back to Adam, but right here to the promise that was made there in verse 14. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And speaking of the bloodline that would result in the birth of Jesus Christ taken on flesh through the bloodline of Mary. can be traced all the way back. But as it continues in verse 16. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep. And he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid, and said, How dreadful is this place! This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning, and took the stone that he had put for his pillows, and set it up for a pillar, and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in, in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. So he's making a vow to the Lord that the blessings that he gives him, he's going to give right back that tenth, knowing that it all comes from the Lord. But seeing that vision, to see that ladder all the way up into heaven, as it says there. All right, now let's skip all the way over to Exodus. And in Exodus, we have the setting here of the exodus of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and on their journey to the promised land. But along that journey, they become a bit un, 
settled, a bit murmuring and complaining and whining about not having the kind of foods that they had back in Egypt. So they start to whine as we see in Exodus chapter 16. And he took their journey from Elam and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departure out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, all moaning and groaning and complaining. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. Raining bread from heaven. And the people shall go out and gather it a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. Now he's saying, okay, I'm going to give you some food, and I'm going to give you some instructions, and I want to see if you're going to follow these instructions. But this coming down from heaven, so coming right down from the sky, coming down onto the ground, was this manna, was this food. It says, bread from heaven. As it continues, And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. So this is a test. Okay, we're going to give you some food, go spread it out here, and you gather it all all week long, but on the sixth day you gather twice as much. It reads, And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel at even, Then they shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord, and what are we that ye murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be, when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord." And Moses spake unto Aaron, saying unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. That's awesome that they had that kind of experience, to see the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. Verse 11, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, speak unto them, saying, That even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a round a small round thing, described as a small round thing, as small as the hoar frost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. 
And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, and omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more, some less. And when they did meet it with an omer, he that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave of it till the morning. I was standing, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left of it until the morning, and it, it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating, and when the sun waxed hot, it melted. It's this amazing stuff that the Lord had given them, raining it down, being able to gather it up, and being able to eat it. And over in verse 31, you can see what it actually tasted like. It reads, And it was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. It's amazing that they were able to be given this. And tests were given to them. There were simple instructions as don't leave it overnight because it breed worms and so forth and stink. And then on the sixth day, you could gather enough for two days and hold it over for the next day because the next day was the Sabbath. And it wouldn't rot and stink. So that was amazing that the Lord was doing that for them and teaching them in that whole way as, as well. It's awesome also that we see over in verse 35, and the children of Israel did eat manna forty years until they came to the land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan. So for forty years he fed them, this coming down from heaven. After that he stopped it. It has not been able to be explained exactly what was going on here and why it doesn't still happen today, why there's no other record of it, except for the fact that it was a miracle of the Lord. The Lord feeding His people as they journeyed to the Promised Land in such an awesome way. And I'm really curious what that would, would taste like. As it says, Coriander seed white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Sounds pretty tasty. You might get tired of it after eating the same thing for 40 years as they did, but it was a blessing from the Lord. And to always appreciate the many things that the Lord can give us. So we see the, the use, once again, of the word heaven in this, to rain down from heaven, this bread from the Lord, and so many other references as we continue this study, but it's all we have time for today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many things that you have recorded for us to be able to study that leads us and guides us through your word so that we can learn more and more about the histories and about your love and your care and your grace. Help us always to have that interest. We thank you oh so much for all the many things you give us as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.